It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply yeah, I know we're late. I'm just going to tell you this. It's not my fault. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. We're going to talk about the Vikings game against the Tennessee Titans. Some interesting performances, both positive and negative. And we're going to talk about Quasi Mensa. A lot of people are calling for his head because of the lack of success this 2022 draft yeah, class has had. Really. Yeah, we're going to talk about that and we're going to relay why it's not an issue right now. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Real Forno Show, hosted by Tyler Bornis, the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire, writer for the College Football Network, publisher of Substack Run In Shooter, host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Hello! Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Tyler Fornis. With me, as always, in the top right corner, his name is Producer Dave. Dave, how are you? I'm great, except for I'm the reason we're late tonight. Why? Because I get a message that the taco truck's going to be in our apartments today. And I get pissed off because there's nothing like tacos that you can get from a a truck here in Austin, San Antonio area. They make the greatest tacos. And unfortunately, they send it out two minutes before the show starts. And I was bitching about it. Sorry about that. But we have football to talk about, don't we? 
Yes, we do. Yes, we do. You should just came over to my house, Dave. I'm going to be making tacos as soon as the show is done. Because ah, sounds good. Tacos is, tacos is on the menu. We're pretty basic around here. We do ground beef and basic ass seasoning. Why? I mean, look at me. What what else would I do? That that's that's just kind of the way we roll around here. Plus, we had a bunch of ground beef. Um, I recommend Costco and Sam's Club. We got five pounds of ground beef for like less than four bucks a pound. Phenomenal Damn. pricing. And in today's day and age, phenomenal pricing is a good thing. Yes. Even if even for us. So welcome to the show. This Vikings team is in an interesting place, Dave. And the reason why I say that is we're going to actually start off a little differently. We're going to start off with Quasi Dopamensa. People are talking about his failures already as a general manager. Really hasn't failed. And now you can disagree with the style of his approach. The fact that, oh, it's Moneyball. Well, it, here's the thing about Moneyball. The idea of Moneyball is really good. It's about trying to create value and trying to create opportunities to maximize surplus. And like Justin Jefferson right now is looking at about $25 million a year in surplus value. But that's mm-hmm. draft picks. You can only do so much with draft picks. And everybody does that. It's the other strategies that you can implement. The trading for guys like Jalen Rager, TJ Hawkinson, Ross Blacklock. Mixed results. But that's the process. That's the idea. Guys, you buy low and you're able to get more out of them than what your cost is, both in a trade and both what the contract says. That's the idea. Now, is it going to work? I don't know. Anybody who tells you they know it's going to work is wrong. It's the process. The process itself should pay dividends over time. And that's why when you talk to analytics people, they're like process over results. If one result isn't in your favor, that's okay. It's about doing the same thing consistently over and over and over and over again. And you're going to heed results more often than not. So the Vikings and also learning. If he learns from Granted, if Quasi makes mistakes, which is all GMs make mistakes, see ponder in the dictionary. Um, if he learns from it, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I feel bad. My my sweet little Claire's in the crate downstairs because they've just been driving me nuts, and she's just barking up a storm. Poor little thing. I can hear her now. Uh, she was downstairs by herself not with me um in my when i was doing my show earlier today and she pooped and peed all over the floor so we're (laughs) doing this and we're gonna try it it's just it gets so hard doing these shows without my wife here because there i just like and odie was in the office with me and i had a pair of shorts on the floor he peed on him like market is territory Ah, it wasn't even marking the territory. It was, you're not paying attention to me, so I'm going to pee on something to get your attention. <laughs> it's a Frenchy thing. It's annoying as absolute hell, but... Just as long as your wife doesn't do that, unless you get into that, that's... If my wife pulled her pants down and peed on a pair of my shorts to get my attention, we'd have more issues than just me having to put them in the wash. I'll say that. <laughs> but... Along with the money ball idea, it's also 
uh, kind of steamrolled over into his draft picks. So his selections in 2022, we moved from 12 to 32 in that controversial trade. And it wasn't just the results of the trade. Look, Jamison Williams has done jack squat so far. And he, and he's about to serve a six game suspension uh, for gambling. And Lewisine hasn't done much either. He snapped his leg in half. So that is a kind of a wash. But the idea was to get a bunch of draft picks on day two to help really strengthen this team long term. And you can, <laughs> the, the idea Sorry, was. I'm laughing at Justin's remark. Four, four picks in the top 66. You have Lewis Cien, Andrew Booth Jr., Ed Inger, Brian Asamoa. The idea here is that's going to be a big part of the core of your team for the next four years plus. Now, the reason why some people are really frustrated and upset is because they haven't really paid dividends yet. And it's okay that they haven't paid dividends because they were rookies last year. The big thing is how they're going to do in years two through four. Those are the years you really want to judge and why I've always said you cannot judge a draft class based off of one year. Remember Matt Khalil? Pro Bowler year one didn't do anything else after that. You have to give them time to settle into what they're going to be. And then you can give a full judge. If you were to judge the 2020 draft class after one year, you would say, Joe, Justin Jefferson looks like he's going to be really good. KJ Osborne looks like a bust. And guess what? Like, and you thought, Oh, Jeff Gladney's got promise. And he ended up being cut from the team within months of that. Uh, the end of the 2020 season. And unfortunately he has passed away since rest in peace to Jeff and Osborne has turned himself into a very good wide receiver. You have to give players time to develop. It is hard enough to go from high school to college football. Then you're going from college football where the best like two, three players on the team sometimes are like average players in the league. That is a huge jump up and you have to acclimate to it. You have to learn grow and develop. Now, judging these guys after one year is completely unfair. Now you can be like, okay, this is where they're at. That's disappointing where they're at right now. But guys like Lewisine, there are people calling him a bust and that is brutally unfair. He broke his leg. They were starting to rotate him in and you can even go back and look at transcripts. They even said they're going to start rotating him in defense in week four of his rookie season as the 32nd overall pick. I don't care if the safety is the easiest position to learn on defense, which it is. It's the easiest position to translate to, but it's okay that it took him three games before they really wanted to start rotating him in because it's hard. And especially when you're coming for that Georgia defense where they basically ask you to do one thing. And that's why some of these defensive linemen have had a hard time adjusting you. Trayvon Walker, they never taught him to rush the passer. Like we want you to stop the run. And you know what he did? He stopped the run. He was really freaking good at it. But the pass rush upside is what got him drafted number one overall. Lewis Seen was asked to do similar things where he was just asked to be like a downhill, like absolute missile and attack, attack, attack. And I mean, he played some over the top, but he was much better doing that and just see it, read it, kill it. That's kind of where things were with him in college. And now he's learning how to adapt to the NFL and play in a new system and recover from a brutally debilitating injury friend of the show. And one of my writers at Vikings where Kevin Fielder had the same break in his leg and he saw 
that Lewis seen was sprinting four months after he's like, that's absolutely nuts. He shouldn't be able to do that. That's like freaky stuff. For him, sometimes it hurts to walk long distances because his leg was snapped in half. Like that's pretty crazy stuff. I said yesterday, I wonder if physically he may be over the injury. It may be healed. He's good to go there. I wonder if mentally he's over the injury and he's grown to where he can trust it because that's a part of any injury. Brian O'Neill's going to go through that as well, and we'll start to see him this week, hopefully, that they can trust it. Anybody, take Adrian Peterson. When he blew out his knee and came back the next year, it took him a while to get used to, yes, I can still trust my knee. And then he went on to great things that season. He still should have broke the rushing record. But anyways, um, there's that mental thing, and it's always back there. It's in the subconscious. It's not. You know, a conscious thing. It's in the subconscious that, hey, wait a minute. And can I go a hundred percent? Can I do the things I need to do and trust it that I don't have to worry about it anymore? Because he's going to be worrying about it. What if I step wrong? What if I do this? What if I do that? Could I re-injure it? And he's going to worry about that. And that's something that he's got to get over mentally. Every player does. I'll be honest, Dave. Every person does. You talk about Kevin Fielder. Dave, that's not, that's nothing, has nothing to do with his struggles on the field and him learning. It's the struggles on the field are all to do with instinctual and a lot of the, the issues of tackling. He's had a tackling problem his entire career at Georgia, where he, like, when you tackle, you want to aim from chest down to your knees. You want to aim in that zone. Why do you, you want to aim, aim in that? Aim for the belly button. I talked about it yesterday. Dave L was talking about it in the chat. You want to aim for that zone because leverage wise, it's a lot harder for them to escape. And it's a lot easier for you to bring them down because it's like physics. It's the fulcrum. You want it like, here's the fulcrum. You like my forearm really can't move. When I go like this, I can move like this. Or if I go down here, I can move like this, but you attack the middle it really can't go. It's almost like a teeter totter. And that process is something that he struggles with. Now against Seattle, he was doing a lot of what he was doing at Georgia. He was tackling up high. Now it worked against Smith and Jigba because Smith and Jigba ducked and he basically just grabbed the back of his Jersey and threw him down. That's that's easy stuff. But other times he was getting bounced off. Like it was almost like, like a bouncy ball off of a brick wall where he's hitting the ball carrier and just kind of bouncing off and they're getting through him. Now that ball carrier is Zach Charbonnet and not every ball carrier is going to be a guy like that, but you have to look at it from a contextual standpoint where if he's bouncing off of a guy, then he's not getting the tackle. That's going to happen more and more and more. And it's going to keep repeating. So you want to hit in that zone, knee to chest in that area. If you're like hitting thigh or if you're hitting like the stomach and you miss that belly button, as you said, that's fine because you're in the zone. It's like it's like hitting the bullseye in darts. It doesn't matter where you hit it. It's still 50 points, whether it's the outer ring or if it's dead center. It doesn't matter. You're hitting it. That's that's the whole point. So he needs to figure that out and he needs to fix it. Now, some of the instinctual things are going to get cleaned up, and I'm not super worried about it long term because 
instincts are objectively really good, but at the end of the day, you need them to be consistent and you need that to be something that you can do repeatedly every single time. And some of the stuff when he's deep, that's an issue. When he's near the line of scrimmage, it's pretty dang good. He's able to shoot gaps and be a real disruptor. But live game reps are the only way to really hone those things. You can't hone those in practice. That's not how that works. You have to do it in a live game situation. That's why I was excited when I was seeing him in the late third, early fourth quarter on the field. Because that's how you get back into the swing of things. That's how you get back into a comfort zone playing the game of football. All those things matter. Reps matter. San Francisco 49ers drafted Trey Lance third overall in 2021. He should be the guy. They should just give him the ball. They're not going to because they feel they have a Super Bowl roster. And like, we can't afford to just let you grow on the fly anymore after two years, which is one, a bunch of horse crap. Two, it's he just needs to be able to throw the ball in live game reps and he's going to be fine. But he's not being yeah, given that opportunity. And we're giving Brock that Purdy stepped up. Brock Purdy fucking sucks. And I won't hear any of it. Brock <laughs> Purdy sucks. And he is the he is the byproduct of Kyle Shanahan. And to, in my opinion, there is no argument saying Brock Purdy is actually good. I watched him for years at Iowa State. He's bad. And the only reason why he was propped up is because Kyle Shanahan designed layups for him. Why can't he do that for a guy who's got the cannon? Like to me, that's the big thing. And we have seen here and seen just getting those live reps, I think was great. I liked that they were doing that. I applauded it. And if you're calling Cena bust, he very well may be, but he's not right now. And it's wrong and unfair to call him that. And now I'm going to come down back to Quasi. How much can we blame? Well, we got to blame it all on crazy because the buck stops there. But how much of it was Spielman's crew was still there when <laughs> they went into that draft and given him information because he swapped out guys since then, kept the ones he actually liked and swapped out more, has built up his own front office. How much of that could have been a Spielman influence or a Spielman sabotage that there's no sabotage at the end of the day, you're getting the information from the same people, but you can, it's Quasi's job to essentially be a data collector. That's what a general manager is. You collect all the data and then you make an informed decision. It is it like, that's the thing. He, he has some background now, in talent development or in like I'm so tired I'm trying to think of the right word in uh in scouting talent because he mm-hmm. spent a lot of time with scouts and broken down film and learned like the nuances of it. At the end of the day, general managers do scout film. They don't do a lot of it. They trust the people in the building. Beneath now, yes. Once he got in the building, yes, you have these guys who worked for Rick Spielman who have been here for X amount of time. But once you get in the building, you basically tell them, hey, I know what you've been doing. These are the kinds of things I'm looking for. Let's take your data and let's merge it and let's try and focus it to what I'm looking for. And then at the after the draft, you then kind of build the room out with some more some people that you want versus the people that Rick had in place. That's a completely normal thing. But 
he it's his job to make informed decisions. And it's the scout's job to present a scouting report on a player and be able to back it up. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's great that Quasey is dabbling a little bit in everything, but at the end of the day, it's his decision. And he can say, oh, like Jalen Naylor last year, Keenan McCardell pounded the table for him. McCardell didn't make that decision. McCardell made his opinion known. Quasey made the call to take Naylor. And that's the kind of the process. If you come, if there are five people in the chat and I ask, where should we go for tacos? They all give me five places and they all give me the data points on why I should go there for tacos. Then it's my job to make the decision where I want to go for tacos. Well, one place is probably going to be the best taco I've ever had. And I'll go back more and more and more and more. One may give me food poisoning. I may never go there again. And a, a food <laughs> maybe, eh, I would have rather just paid Taco Bell money and gotten exactly what I know I'm going to get. So it's that's kind of what Quasi's job is. It's collecting data and making informed decisions. We can't, in all fairness and good faith, call any of 2022 a bust right now because they need two to three years before we can really have those conversations. Now, if none of these guys steps up for 2023, then we can have a real conversation. Well, now we can really start questioning his ability as a talent evaluator and decision maker because none of your guys are panning out. And it's not just, oh, the first round pick panned out, the two second round picks didn't, and the third is okay-ish. Um, you can't do those things. Mm-hmm. Like, like You have to understand the context of what you're talking about, and because of what's going on, you have to give them time. And one year is not enough. Anybody who's calling Quasito Fomensa or any of his draft picks a bust is being completely unfair and unreasonable. But I will say this much. It's okay to have questions and be like, ah, I really don't think this is a great move, but you have to give draft picks time to pan out. What if they start not panning out this year, we can really have that conversation about his decision-making and scouting ability, but we can't do that now because we don't have nearly enough information. And to me, that's part of the issue. I'm not disagreeing. I've always stated they take a few years. And not everybody comes in as their rookie year and bangs it out. That is rare. To come in, start, and be above average, thats you can count those guys across the league on one hand. It's that rare. Yeah, and I, so. I just want to apologize. I know Dr. Proto said that he can hear it clear in the background. I tried recording with both of them today, and Odie peed on my shorts and Claire peed and pooped on the floor. And I needed, I needed to make sure that we could do the show. So I apologize if you hear her in the background. We couldn't hear her at the start of the show and she was barking just as loud. So if you hear her, I apologize. It breaks my heart, but I, I have to be able to do my job and that's she's safe. It's just, she's just in the crate in, on the main floor. So uh, that's that. Uh, let's talk about this game, Dave. Um, I think it's a tale of two halves. Vikings <laughs> second team actually overall looked pretty good. They were mm-hmm. up nine to seven at the end of the first quarter or at the end of the first half. And then the third teamers came in and they allowed 17 straight points. Now I thought Nick Mullins looked improved over the Seahawks game. And I thought that was important. Now the Seahawks game wasn't bad. 
but it wasn't good. Like he was doing a lot of like, if I'm holding the football, like you're holding the football, trying to find a guy downfield. And then you see this, the tap, he was doing that too much because a lot of quarterbacks will like kind of do that and then cock and fire. Well, he was double tapping and that double tap wastes time and it kind of t- shows your hand. It's almost like a pump fake you're not trying to make and that can really kind of mess up your mechanics, mess up your rhythm. And he was doing too much of that. That slowed down and you didn't see that nearly as much it, this last week. And I thought that was awesome to see. You saw an improvement. You saw him making throws on the run that were really good. That uh, throw to the corner to uh, Ben Sims was awesome. And at the end of the day, Nick Mullins is the top five backup quarterback in the NFL. And when I say backup quarterback, I don't mean a guy who is drafted as the quarterback of the future. I mean, this guy is a backup. Chase Daniel, backup quarterback. Current day Andy Dalton, backup quarterback. Like, you're talking at best, they're a bridge guy. They're not a starter. They are a backup, and they don't have the future to grow into that spot. That's where Magic was his whole career. Fitz Magic was, I would never, I, I don't call him a backup because he was always too good to be a backup, and then he ended up getting the starting job. I'm thinking like the Chase Daniels of the world. Case Keenum's. Yep. Case Keenum's another great one. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, I was. Say hey to everybody that's in the chat. You guys have been rocking it tonight and getting me in trouble. Or I've been getting myself in trouble, but I appreciate it. Yeah, and there is there's a lot of really fun stuff from this game. Um, I've started looking through the film. Um, if you go to vikingswire.com, I have a long film breakdown of Jaron Hall. All 12 of his dropbacks broken down and graded based on the success of the play and the success of uh, what Jaron Hall did um, based on what, what it was. And that that's kind of, that's kind of the thing. Um, We got a comment in here. uh, They didn't wait uh, three years for Spielman's picks. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So that's an interesting point. It is. Sometimes, sometimes you can tell, but you, you usually tell with those guys that are like, outside the first two rounds. Like, Callan Mond, you could tell almost right away, bad. And then you could tell in the preseason last year, bad. But we've seen more flashes from these guys 
we we've seen flashes from seeing this preseason. Booth has been too hurt to really have any kind of feel of what he's going to be. Uh, PFF actually graded him out pretty decently this past week. I haven't got to see the film, but he only had one target and that one target. It's fine. Based on the coverage, it was just kind of a beater and he did everything he could to stop it. But like Wyatt Davis, there are some other issues that uh, I've heard about that really contributed to him being cut. And then Chaz Surratt was bad. Like, and I'm talking irredeemably bad and not just struggles, but shows some promise. I'm just talking bad. Um, and it's, it's a very interesting concept. And I, I, they are different. Sometimes, you know, right. I'm talking with these guys right now. We don't because we've seen good from them. It's about what are they going to be long-term? We never saw any good from Kellen Mond, Chaz Surratt, Wyatt Davis. And I think that's the difference. Plus there's also the idea of, Hey, these weren't my draft picks. And there you go. <laughs> so, um, and then uh, same guy, Kubler's in the chat talking about the trade. All the analytics charts loved the trade and they thought the Vikings won. So it, it depends on which chart the you're looking at. The pointy head. I should say the pointy head. That's what we called our avionics guys that worked on airplanes, pointy heads. Um, and, Flight control, or not flight controls, but autopilot and stuff like that. The very stat nerdy types like the trade. The traditional Mm -hmm. types, like me, generally looked at it and went, what? I can understand both sides of that world, both sides of that coin. But we're like, that didn't seem like a good trade. But then again, like I said... You have a rookie GM. Do you want him to be absolutely outstanding straight off the get-go? Absolutely you do. But is that realistic? No. So, I tend to give a little leeway to people the first time they try something like that to see where it goes, see if they learn from that, and... Do they make better choices in the future? It's just like with anything in your employment or with me, if I had young airmen and I'm bringing them up, I'm going to possibly, or kids for that matter, possibly let them make their own first mistakes. So hopefully they learn from it and teach them how to learn from it and get better. Now, do we want perfection? Absolutely. We want perfection. We want a Super Bowl before we die. I want a dynasty, but to expect it in all reality, no, that's unreasonable. And you have to give people some grace to make those mistakes. If it is a mistake, and we don't know yet, let's see how it turns out. I said yesterday on the show, when we talk about Lewis Seen and that trade back, if scene doesn't work out, you know, I worry about Lewis scene and his football intelligence, whether he's making that right, whether he can read stuff in his peripheral vision and make uh, the proper decisions off of that or not, whether he can learn to tackle properly, which he should be able to do. That's something that's taught since peewee, whether he can make those advancements. If he does, 
We don't expect Hitman to play forever. I fully saw the Lewisine draft pick as Hitman's replacement eventually. Do I want Hitman to bust out and make a Pro Bowl this year? Absolutely. Do I want him to play next year because he made a Pro Bowl this year? Absolutely. But I want to have seen ready, ready and cocked and loaded to take his place as soon as he's done. It may take time for that. So you've got to give people grace, whether it's crazy and drafting him and making that trade back, because who picks a safety in the middle of the first round? That's one of those positions that is like, no, that's way too high value. So he tried to pick up more value. I understand that. That makes sense to me. So it is what it is. Give people grace, folks. To make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Let's get to uh, this game. And I want to talk about Jaron Hall a little bit. One of the things you have to do with when you look at quarterbacks who are playing in uh, who are are playing late in preseason games, you have to look at, at context. Every quarterback is playing with a vanilla playbook. It's all core concepts. It's all basic stuff like the Titans spammed outside zone. They basically just ran outside zone. They did it like 20, 30 times. Like that's what you're getting in preseason games. You're getting really basic stuff. You're also getting uh, playing with talent. That's honestly just not very good. You're playing with a lot of third teamers, guys who are probably never going to play at an actual regular season snap in the NFL. And that also hinders things too, because you can't throw it open receivers if they're not getting open. That's that can be a real problem. And when you look at all these things, X, Y, and Z, like you have to contextualize what Hall is doing. So I looked at all of his plays. I gave a couple really poor grades. Um, the sack, he's in the pocket for five seconds. You got to have that internal clock. It's it's got to go off, and you got to make a decision: throw it or run, and or at least at the very least bail the pocket. He didn't do either of those, and you just got sacked. Unfortunate. But I did like that two plays after that he was he've had that internal clock go off and he ran the football and he escaped the pocket. I thought that was really good. I thought it was awesome to see that kind of growth and development. You don't always get that from a young player. And we got that from hall. And I I like that. We're seeing that. I thought he's making good decisions. He hasn't really made any poor decisions yet. What do I mean by poor decisions? He's not throwing the ball in harm's way. He's not throwing it to where like, he's he's throwing interceptions. He's making solid decisions. And I like that he threw the ball away a lot against Seattle. Quarterbacks don't throw the ball away a lot. But you can tell the game's still a little too slow for him. It needs to speed up. That'll happen with time. And he's making good decisions. He's making really good throws. He's had two just fantastic throws already. And there is... Like, it's good. Um, I gave him his performance a B. I was really, really fine with that. I thought it was, I thought I saw some improvement and I was a really big fan. Um, I, it's hard for me to look at uh, Hall's performance and call it bad. A lot of people are, but I don't think they're giving the proper context in order they're really looking at uh, a lot of the film. And 
to me, I think that really provides the context. So once you kind of retake a look at everything, I think you'll change your mind versus the live viewing or looking at the box score. Um, And you don't necessarily need the all 22, just rewatch the game and you'll see some of those little things that I'm talking about. Did Jaron Hall improve from the game against Seattle versus the game against the Titans? Dave, I already answered that question. It was yes. And well, I'm just reiterating that. That's how people should look at it. The answer is yes. So if he improved, how can he be a bust? He's what do you expect from a fifth rounder? You should expect nothing from a fifth round quarterback. We're getting something that is above and beyond. Period. And as long as he gets keeps growing, folks and fans should be like, hey, that's cool. Could he eventually be a backup sometime? You betcha. Is he there yet? No. But is he improving and getting to that point? Yes. I don't understand people that say he's a bust or he's no good. He completed stuff and settled in the fourth round or in the fourth quarter when folks, they're playing threes and fours, and he settled down and orchestrated a nice drive. Threes and fours don't generally work together well. They're the mm-hmm. bottom of the, the roster that generally don't make teams. And he put together a nice drive as the quarterback. How can that be? He's bad. No, he's putting together stuff that's stuck together with scotch tape and made a successful drive. No, that is a good sign. And to call him anything less, I think, is a disservice. Now, will he eventually be a starter in this league? Who knows? That's a big question, Mark. I don't know. Um, I, I think he can be, and I've said that basically from, from the jump, I've, I've thought very highly of him. And I thought this was the perfect situation because he ran a very similar offense to what Kevin O'Connell runs at BYU. They did it out of more spread formations than Kevin O'Connell does, but a lot of core concepts are the same. You're doing a lot of uh, max protect uh, Yankee uh, deep shots. You're doing a lot of dagger option routes, that kind of stuff. He's ran a lot of that, but then you're basically like going from Mexico to Spain where they both speak Spanish, but the dialects are significantly different because they're different. You have it's, you have to kind of relearn, but you already have the core concepts down and that's kind of where he's at as far as learning this playbook. Now it's obviously going to be more expansive and there's going to be more checks and those little minute details, but he already has a core basis down. And I think that's really important. I'm really intrigued to see how he continues to develop. I think he should get a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of time um, in Saturday's game against Cardinals. I would have started him this past week against the Titans. Why? Because Nick Mullins didn't need the reps. I think Hall needs the reps. And you need to see how he's growing and developing. The best way to do it is by getting him with better players and going against better players. Because it's not just about seeing how he does against better talent. 
But how is he going to do with better talent? Because that makes a difference when you're talking about third string guys. It, it, now, if you're going from, let's say, Aaron Rodgers going from the Packers to the Jets, you can talk about uh, like the difference in like talent level that the skill positions have. <laughs> like It's different. The Jets have better skill position guys, but it's still first team NFL skill position guys and not third stringers. And I use that comparison because it's like, okay, it's an improvement, but it's, you're still playing with first string guys. Jared Hall has been playing with third string guys. I want to see him play with some better talent. I don't know how much of an opportunity he'll get this next week. Hopefully, hopefully he gets the start and that, um, Nick Mullins doesn't play at all. And hopefully he gets the start. He rolls it into the third quarter and then we get Tamu or however he pronounces his name to wrap things up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think Tamu was just signed for a, uh, to finish out camp and to kind of give Mullins a break. Like, I think he's just going to play the final preseason game. He's going to run some core concepts. He's going to hand the ball off a bunch and they're going to send him on his merry way. And he'll probably be really good in the XFL again. I think that's kind of what we're looking at. Um, that year is like, I'm tired of us being top heavy. Well, we're in a transition right now. We drafted 16 guys in the last two years. And we, Luigi Villain was the UDFA. Ivan Pace is going to make the team as a UDFA. Andre Carter might make it as a UDFA. We're building that infrastructure so we're not top heavy, but it's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. And that we're working also the cap issues to go along with that, to bring that down so that we aren't so top heavy and can invest more into backups once we get there. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple other things that I saw, and then we're going to get out of here. I have have to go get my sweet dogs out of the, the kennel. I feel really bad for them right now. Um, I think it was noteworthy that I, and I've been talking up Calvin Avery a lot. These last two preseason games, he didn't look rosterable and it's really unfortunate. Um, I saw there was a play in the goal line situation where the Vikings defensive line held pretty firm at the line of scrimmage. Calvin Avery was like eight to 10 yards off the line of scrimmage and five yards into the end zone where he was just being blocked, like just violently back. Like, I think uh, TJ Smith has a decent chance to make the roster as a backup nose tackle. They're, they're going to want to keep a, a second nose tackle. Kyrus Tonga is good, but this defense needs a nose and Harrison Phillips, good football player. He's not a nose tackle. And I think that's, that's something that hasn't been talked about enough. You got to have a nose. You got to have somebody who can run two gaps lining up over the center, handle both a gaps, no matter what the call is. And I think that, TJ Smith can probably do that. I know Kyrus Tonga can do it, but Harrison Phillips can't. Right. What do you think of Sheldon Day? Yeah, that that uh, play where he uh, ripped the uh, the uh, left guard and got the strip of Malik Willis was really good. I haven't seen a ton from him outside of a couple plays on Saturday that tells me I need to roster this guy. Um, but I'm. I haven't gotten to the defense of all 22 yet. I'm going to try and do that tonight. We'll see how that works out. Cause I am very tired, but I want to get a Lewis scene uh, film piece done tomorrow. So we can keep talking about it. Um, 
MWO is like I could exploit uh, my dogs to get uh, likes. Look, they don't like being on camera. They don't, basically they don't like me holding them. And I don't. I, I don't figured out a way. Shame because they would do great to get likes. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I maybe I should just send you some pictures and videos of the dogs, and you can include it in the intro. Um, I, I think we could probably do something like that once you have time, because I know you're you're busy taking care of a lot of preseason stuff. But hey, uh, I still got to do the the roll in for our post game show where we go live in the final two minutes. Mm-hmm. That will be That's- coming back. I'll be, I'll be trying to join every week. We'll see how things go with my Vikings wire responsibilities and how how quickly I'll, I'd be able to join. But I'm going to try and join every week. We'll we'll see how that ends up playing out. Um, but yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. And a couple more things before we head out. I'm excited to look at Andrew Booth Jr.'s tape because he only was targeted once, and it was a it was basically a coverage beater. So he's playing cover one, and he's playing deep in like. Uh, He's playing way off. And because he's playing way off, it's easy to kind of undercut and really cut off the angle that Andrew Booth Jr. has for him to be able to attack. And he attacks really well considering the circumstance, but it's not enough to be able to get a PBU. It's not enough to stop the play. He gets the tackle, and that's kind of what what you're looking at. But I'm excited to look at him, Lewis Seen, obviously. I want to see where Andre Carter is as far as being a like how much stronger is he getting? How is he progressing? I don't know that for sure. And I want to see more. I want to see how all this is coming together. Ivan Pace had a good game. Um, is he going to be able to turn that into a great game? Um I'm I don't know. Um, I think people are talking about him starting. I really don't think he should start. He's been great, and we should all we should all be excited about it. But he doesn't have everything right now to be a quality starting every down linebacker in the NFL. He just doesn't. And could he get there? Absolutely. He's not right now. He's a sub package guy. Maybe play about thirty to fifty percent of the snaps, and he can make a real impact. That does just because somebody plays really well doesn't mean they need to be a starter. or They should be. Pace just isn't there right now. He may get there. He's not right now. And I think that's important. Um, also, Oli Udo, brutal game. Uh, but I do want to see why. I saw one play, he was just lunging like crazy, kind of something similar that Ed Ingram did. Um, and I want to see how that progresses. With Roy, um, yeah, I have no clue. Um, I don't even know if he played this past week. He didn't play against he Seattle. He did not play. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is. I really don't. Um, One of those undisclosed injuries, I'm sure. Freddie is bringing up that uh, Jonathan Taylor, the Vikings are supposedly in the mix. And Sportsbooks has it plus 800 for Jonathan Taylor. I don't know. Jonathan Taylor is a good running back. I grant that, but I don't know if you want to give up the capital you would need to get him. I don't think it's worth it. I I, I don't think it's a Not it's a, a good back. idea. Yeah. Yes, Justin, forty eight watching and only eighteen likes. Why? Yes, 
I've been a little combative today. Tyler's been here. He's got good knowledge. Why not like more? Vikings First and Skull is working on getting a thousand subs by week one. So we're, we're only nine, 37 away. We're at nine. Yeah, 963. That's a start of the show. Get, help us get to 1,000 because we've been on an absolute tear lately. And I think it's awesome. Um, just in the, as I, as I stall while I pull up the number, in the last 28 days, we're up almost 200 subscribers. So that tells you um, that we've been, we've been crushing it. And we've been doing a really good job. And I'm very intrigued to kind of see how, how things continue to grow for us. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun this year. Um, Wednesday, we'll be back. We're going to preview the final preseason game. We're going to talk about um, my latest final 53 man roster prediction and how that will equate. And then the next day, Dave, it's the beginning of the Minnesota State Fair, and I can't wait. <laughs> deep fried everything. Damn right. <laughs> Damn right. I'm going to have deep fried everything. Thank you guys very much for joining. Wednesday night, we'll be back. Um, Dr. Proto, you know what? Maybe it is. Um, I'm going to have to funnel Dave a bunch of pictures, and I'm sure he will have no problem incorporating them because that sweet little girl is wonderful. And until then, Dave shows off his bottle of bourbon in the camera. I'm Tyler. He's Dave. Dave. Skull Vikings, baby. Skull Vikings. Like. Subscribe. And ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community. And we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Part of the Fans First Sports Network.